0: Sponsored by the Dun Laoghaire Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM.
1: And welcome folks. Friday, yes, Friday on Dublin South FM. It is the summertime. I'm looking out the window here and it is raining. Good old Irish weather. Eating outside in the summer. Can't wait for it. Soggy chips and wet batter burgers that's the call of the day the call of the day and as we say every Friday we look forward to the weekend as we are all moving out of our pods we are w- moving walking around looking at other people in the streets and wondering who are they who are they I haven't seen them for a long time the next thing that I'm looking forward for is the pubs to be open and sit down with my friends and watch a good rugby game With a good rock shandy and then drive them all home drunk. So that's the plan of the day. The plan of the day. Simon, how are you, my friend? How's your week been? And what have you been up to?
0: Been good. Um, and uh yeah, lots of lots of things happening. And I was just thinking there, you know, it's nearly midsummer, and I was thinking, I don't want to be pessimistic here, but when are we gonna see the first Christmas decorations in the shops? You normally see them about August time, so (laughs) maybe that maybe that is a summary of my mindset right now. And we're going to be talking about wellness and well being and all that sort of stuff. So uh, no, but I'm good. I'm good, Joe.
1: Christmas, yeah. Well, (laughs) my daughter did say to me that she wants to dress up as a witch for Halloween. Oh my God, I haven't even got to our summer holidays yet i haven't got to our summer days yes but we're going to be talking about mindset really and how the mind works and you know those things that hit us along our journey and how we bounce back as well so so i mean who have we got today who have we got today
0: so two wonderful guests both of whom i've i know well um and the first up is beth e lee um and beth um well, she'll tell us a little bit more about her journey, but she's she does a huge amount of work around well-being and wellness. So she's a she's an outsourced chief well-being officer, but she's also a writer, a trainer, um, and you know just an all-round amazing person because we we do some work together. So Beth, it's great to see you.
2: Hi, right, thanks, Simon.
1: Yes, and then we have Martin McDonough. And Martin is mind over mountains. Martin is the CEO of the company and he has an, an extremely amazing a journey to share with us as well. So both of you, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. So guys, tell me this. Uh, Simon mentioned you had amazing stories and I think as we all get older we do have and we do get a little bit wiser knowledge and wisdom and I always believe that experience offers the best education for people uh, because it's something that we don't read in a book. It happens from our day to day of our lives. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, sure. I'll happily share my journey. It's uh, it's it's quite it's a fun one actually. I am originally from the states. I'm from Boston originally, and um, born and bred and grew up there, until I met an Nazi and decided that uh, I'd go traveling the world. So <laughs> I married met married my husband and moved to Australia and lived there for about seven years, which I know is something that the Irish love to do as well as to get down to Australia. Um, and it was there, actually, where I sort of hit the pinnacle of my career. I have an MBA in marketing, and I had this amazing job working in a publishing company and doing all types of events and writing and so forth. And it was—it um, really was the highlight of my career. I was—I was at the top of it, loved it, but I was unfulfilled, as everybody gets to that point. And I said, "Well, what is it?" And you know, I used the term. I hit my husband over the head with a frying pan and said, "I want a baby." And he's like, okay, so we did that. And it was there that I fell down a very big, big tunnel of postnatal depression, which um, is not spoken about nearly enough. But in Australia, they take care of their moms very well. And um, I went through a year of therapy, which brought me out not only the other end, but actually really opened up my eyes to what life is supposed to be like Um, So from there, um, I went and lived in four or five different countries, trying to gain expertise and um, just understand life and cultures, and finally dropped into the UK, where I got a master's in psychology and neuroscience. So I have now been for the past 10 years studying and basically trying to bring forward this amazing um, information around psychological strategies and the neuroscience that underpins that, and um, help people thrive and and use their mind you know their resources in their mind um, to thrive and live happy lives so that's been my journey.
0: Wow that's amazing Beth and uh, before we come back Martin as well because it's good to get all your stories up front Martin you've got an equally you know um, uh, colorful and your background is kind of ups and up and down and we spoke recently and you were just so wonderfully open about about the journey you've been on and you're on
3: now. Okay, thanks, uh, <clears throat> Simon. And I suppose it's not maybe as colorful as as Beth's there, but um, uh, my journey has been at times very painful. There's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but uh, you brought me straight to a photograph and a, with a caption I saw recently, uh, Simon, and it was the photograph or the picture was a hand in the air like that. And the caption said, if you're somebody who's lost everything, and has had to start your life from scratch, put your hand up. So my hand went up. Now I've never met yet, and I'm 60 years of age, anybody or many people who can put their hand up to something like that. I'm that person. Um, I lost my father at eight years of age. He was 37, he died of a tumor on the brain. I move fast forward as much as I can. I know Joe told us we about 30, 35 to 40 minutes and uh, with respect to everyone, but uh, I built a big business, um, construction-based and excavation, and I turned over a lot of millions for for a long period of my life. I was successful. Um, Adventure-wise, I cycled across America. i have been to Ever- everest base camp, and I've done a lot of stuff. But when my fault came, it was massive. Um, the biggest thing I lost really was my identity. I didn't know who I was anymore. I wasn't this guy who was turning over a lot of money, providing a lot of employment, family man, um and everything else that went with that i lost everything and i was in a really b- very bad place for a while um it brought me on a journey to life coaching which i am now a qualified life coach myself but looking and remembering back that time specifically after seeing that photograph this morning and you will always get instances or occasions in your life where it just brings you back it could be the death of a friend or it could be the celebration of your local club at home or something but that for me brought me on a journey and i said right what have i learned here where have i come from and what i'm doing now as a life coach and a mentor i know my experiences have been hugely beneficial and i've learned loads and i try to pass that on to other people now so that's that's my story in a nutshell
1: it's interesting. I think my I've had something similar as well. I think we all have. And, yeah. you know, the more people I talk to on this journey, the more people have had this experience. As Joseph Campbell would say, it's the dark night of the soul. Um, and I've learned over the years that when you hit that darkness or hit that place, you then need that to awaken you whatever that is it is in life, that you need to hit some sort of rock bottom to realize that, you know, what's going on around you can actually change if you focus what's really going on within, because there are the triggers. And it's not about, you know, being a people pleaser or doing it for other people anymore. It's just doing it for yourself. And by doing it for yourself, that ripple effect will help other people change as well. Would you you both agree with that, Bev? We'll start with yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason why they say there's a midlife crisis and when you hit 40, you know, we all um I think it, it's understood that you have to go through experiences to learn, right? From day dot from when you're a child, when you're learning how to walk, you're falling over so you can figure out how to walk and I think it carries on through life. We forget quite a lot. We have a lot of reasons to forget, but that's how we learn. And so, um, yeah, so I agree. I think that it's, you know, experience. And by the time when you get into midlife, we've kind of played games. We've been part of, um, you know, maybe the the corporate game. I certainly was. And, you know, I've learned maybe how to navigate that. And then you learn how to navigate this. And so when you try to learn to navigate life, it's it's different. It takes different skills.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, Marston, what do you think?
3: Um, yeah, I'd agree there, uh, Joe, and you made some very good points, as did Beth. Um, definitely, you know, going through life is a journey, and uh, I named my company Mind Over Mountains, because I do believe that in, in, in this life, as we pass through it, um, we're all climbing mountains and trying to get to the top. And um, some days the views can be beautiful and outstanding, and other days we're, you know, in the middle of a storm or heavy snowfall, and we have to make decisions um, for ourselves personally in our own lives, when we come up against uh, difficulties like that, that life throws at us that is it safe to continue? I need to spread the load on the team a little bit. What am I carrying in my rucksack? Is there stuff here I don't need that I can do without? And I think that is a huge learning for us all. But definitely um, the last 59 years for me have been, been hugely educational and... and um, I don't regret anything, and I don't think I'd have changed anything, ironically.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm just, there's one thing that really interests me, and yeah, I mean, I reached a really dark place, 2009, and it's interesting now, when bad news hits me, and I had some, Joe knows about this, but I'm not going to talk about it, some negative business news today, which really threw me, it winded me, right? And it's then... So this is fresh. Right. And, and so then I kind of try and notice how I'm feeling inside. And initially it was shock and anger and it was a winded feeling. And and so how do you both process when something really swerves you? Um, what is it? What do you pr- notice in yourselves? And what so that's the first part. And then what do you kind of cling on to to get you through this? Is it hope? What is it? Beth, maybe start with Yeah,
2: you. so I actually, this was, you sort of hit the nail on the head because when you become a mom and when you have a child for the first time, all of a sudden you're not given instructions. You know, nobody tells you here, this is how you're supposed to, um, this is how you're supposed to and how you should be a mother. So um, you get completely thrown into a, a whole new set of, a whole new world, really. And we're talking about you know, resilience and how, how do you bounce out of that? How do you get out of that scenario? And I couldn't. And I think that was the most important thing about therapy for me was I had I had no skills. I didn't know how. I didn't know that um, looking forward was different than you know, remunera- uh, ruminating and and going over and having a victim mentality and thinking this is all my fault and guilt and all of that. I had no idea how do I how do I bounce out of that. So, for me, I learned all those skills in therapy. So therapy is terribly important to me. I'm a big proponent of it i'm a, I'm a, a big um a big advocate for people to go just talk to a therapist. Um, I think it's it's very helpful if you're at that point where you can't move forward. That's when you're going to need a therapist. But it, for those of us who just sort of say, "Whoa, that's just taken me for a shock. What the heck am I supposed to do here?" Um, mm-hmm. I have a little process that I called my care method, and it is really sitting down and taking just that moment and and being conscious of of what's happened. And I have what's called the Tic Tac method, where I take I literally pop a Tic Tac in my mouth and I just just be with it. I'm mindful. It's mindfulness, right? I stop. I be mindful. Say, what does that taste like? What do I smell? Just to calm myself down. Once I'm there, then you can go ahead forward and and decide how you want to respond, how to react, what you need to do, and and go on further from there.
0: That's a good answer. And I do something similar. You know, when something negative like happened this morning, I try my hardest to try and bring in positive thoughts around gratitude. Well, okay, that's bad. But I have my wife and my daughters and I have my health. And you know, it's being intentional about that to kind of swerve yourself away. Martin, what 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 when you were in like a really bad place, what some of, what were the some of the life rasps that you held on to? What what techniques did you use? Or they probably weren't techniques. What did you just come on to? Um
3: interestingly enough, guys, and ironically enough, um, I can allow myself to be vulnerable. And that can be a great gift, <laughs> and it can be the opposite. At times. But, but <clears throat> I found uh, since then, especially that if I had the experience that you have had today, Simon, uh, life, is, life is not kind at times. And sometimes, um, regardless of our preparation and our best laid plans, it, it's going to get upset on us. And to be willing and able and to be in a space where you can actually accept that is not easy. Mm. I would have a very positive mindset and a growth mindset. I'm a growth mindset orientated person, but um, I found that one of the best things I do in a situation like that to calm myself is I reach out to somebody, whether it's a cup of coffee, a mentor or someone and just have a chat and say, look, this has hit me hard. I'm not coping too well with this. And it's like what you do, Simon. You go back to basics and say, okay, I'm healthy. I have my partner, my wife, whatever the case may be, my husband, and I have my children. And you just, you take comfort out of that and say, okay, that didn't go to plan. But what can I learn from that? What could I change about the next time I'd attempt to do something like that? A lot like climbing the mountain, as I do say. Uh, Maybe today wasn't the day, but maybe in 2 weeks time 2 months time you could look back and say god that was a blessing in disguise so it's try not to let it overwhelm you try to put it there respect it acknowledge it but not let it control you and your path yeah, yeah. bet you want
1: to jump in there
2: yeah, there's you're so spot on, Martin. and I think that's that. Um, I actually just was reading a paper um, that's recently just come out in February of 2021 here, just just a couple months ago, that talks about um, having this resilience to bounce back and this well-being, and there are four four main um, components of that: awareness, which is one. So, Simon, you realize, oh no, this is shaking me up. Um, the second being connection, so finding someone to talk with like you mentioned Martin or even just connection with a ritual or a habit that that can be um good enough and then insight and that's the whole thinking behind it so what have i learned from this what what can i learn to to make a choice to go forward and then the for, the fourth being purpose and this purpose to me isn't just purpose like oh well i i have a purpose i want to go do something purpose about your values of who you are so if that's just shaking me up what what is it about me what values are, has it? can I use? Can I use to go forward and say, you know what, I'm a really honest person, so I need to find a way to express this honestly with myself or with someone else or with whomever what has just happened. So those four, that awareness, the connection insight and and purpose those four they've actually um, linked the neuroscience foundations underneath it so um, it's got both the neuroscience the psychology and now we've got tools and techniques to be able to do that
1: that's it I've always said for many years if you want to get to know someone go walking with them and that is also if someone is feeling down and gets them to open up and you know walking and talking in, in itself is great therapy because a lot of people in this world as well are starting to figure out on this journey that they are pretending to be someone they're not in this public arena. And that's what it is. It's the public mm-hmm. arena that we we're projecting this. I've said this many times before as well to Simon is I have, you know, we call it Zen to zero as both. You can recognize that, you know, you're up in Zen and you're wonderful. And then like someone gives you bad news and you go from Zen right down to zero on it. And How do we get over this? It's practice. Nothing happens in this over a day or even a year. For me personally, it's probably taken the decades that I've, and only in the last couple of weeks, and I'll share this, which is that only in the last, probably the last week or so, when I catch that negative thought now coming into me, I'm actually recognizing it and I'm pushing it away with acceptance and going, I'm going to, I'm replacing this now with pure love. So, I'm walking around at the moment, you know, walking around, smiling on my face and just feeling the love for everything. Now a lot of people might find that a bit, a bit odd, but I'm content and I'm happy in doing it. And everything around me is just, you know, it's just a big, it's just a big game, just a big it's- game.
2: It's and that, that I, conversation with your inner voice. That that yeah, that conversation yeah. you have with your inner voice, and maybe you know, having having a foundation there, a positive foundation, or however you want to do that, to make sure that that dialogue that you do have with yourself is is positive and and kind and aware and so
1: forth. It gets very hard to explain. That's mm. where it is that you get to this point that you can no longer explain what it is to people because yeah, it's a feeling. I just
3: add, add there as well, uh, Simon and, and uh, Joe and Beth, um, there's another part as well, I think that it, it, you're constantly learning about your emotional well-being and how you actually deal with this, these different emotions. I try to, you know, feel them and identify them and say, where did that come from now? Why do yeah. I feel like that about that? And you slow down the process of making it a big, huge monster that takes control of you. And one other place where I come across it quite a lot um, in my uh, or have come across it quite a lot in my um endurance challenges, like when I'm cycling across America or I'm going up to the Everest Base Camp or whatever in training, sometimes I call them my two best friends you know, because they're constantly with me. One of them is on this shoulder, and the other fellow is on this shoulder, uh, Mr. Doubt and Mr. Suffer. Now, some days, Mr. Suffer wants to really make you suffer because he's not comfortable. And Mr. Doubt wants you to doubt yourself. So I constantly talk to them and I say, you're back again today, guys, but I'm in a good place today. So you can excuse the language, back off and leave me alone today. And I kind of talk to to these evils that come at me at times and respect them, but push them away as much as possible. Yeah, no, that's good. And you both mentioned connection
0: as well. And. You know, it's no coincidence that in twelve-step programs and you know so many programs, connection is the key, right? I mean, if you're an addict or if you're feeling really down or or even just me today, you know, just before this, I I had Joe there to swear my head off to, and and already I'm feeling a lot better, you know. So <laughs> Joe probably isn't right.
1: I'm bruised and <laughs> bashed.
0: Yeah. So what is it about connection? And it's interesting, there's a survey of a place in India, a hospice where rich Indians went to pass away. And they were asked a number of years ago, and you can check it on Google, what was their biggest regret in life? And the thing that came top was, I wish I'd asked for help. Just think
1: about that. So, what is it? what Why I, is I wish connection... I knew Simon and Joe. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Why is it that we
0: don't, when things are going well, we don't see the value of connection? And it's when we're on our knees, do we really kind of viscerally feel the need for it? Beth, what do you think there is about
2: connection? So- yeah, that's, it's, it's a really loaded question. There's a lot there, but look, I think the the simple answer for me is that we have two sort of states and this, this is just my thinking about the sort of the way that I work and this is different for everybody, but you have the state of um, story, right? So I'm feeling guilty because I um, didn't pack my son's lunch correctly today or whatever. So what's the story I'm telling myself that I'm a bad mother. That's the story that I'm telling myself. So you have that one state and it's, Martin, it's a bit like the two, you know, guys on your shoulder. You, you've got one bit saying, ah, da da da. You've got a, you know, this, this this is the story I'm telling you. But then on the other side, you have your choice state, if you will. And so when things are going good and you don't have these stories going, you have a a, a chance and you look at things to make a choice. So if you're not, a, for example, I packed my my son's lunch. So my, I could either sit here and tell the story of, of me not packing the right things for lunch. Oh my goodness, that was horrible. Or I could say, you know what? I accept it, I packed the wrong lunch. I'm gonna now make a choice to put make a list or do whatever I need to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. So in that sense, when things are going really good, you're always sort of in choice state because you're making decisions and you're able to say, Ooh, that's good. That's good. Whereas sometimes when an emotion will come in and we feel it, all we want to do is let it out and be in story mode, but that's the way we connect. That's how we work as humans. We, we tell stories, we find, empathy, we find this through. So it works for you and against you. It's just stories are helpful and which ones aren't. Yeah.
0: That, that's so well put, and you know, like I've never met Martin, right? I've never met you, Beth. I've only met I've only met you online, um, and Martin and I and I have only talk, spoken twice before, and yet I feel a strong connection, right? And that goes deeper than communication. It's not communication. It's not just the words Martin and I have used. There's something in there. So, Martin, what is it? it it's is it? It's deeper than just empathy, right? I mean, empathy is big, but what is it that really connects people? Is it an identity of mutual suffering or is it, or is it an appreciation of the journey that somebody is explaining to you? To you? What is it, Martin,
4: do you reckon? Uh,
3: I think it's a bit of both, actually. But if I bring it back to um, what was it Mike Tyson famously said, um, everybody has a plan until they get a punch in the mouth. But, <laughs> and life can be a bit like that. And I think about connection, what you said, like when when we're sailing our ships and you know all is going well, um, we're not inclined to look around because we're um, we're we're in control of our own destiny, and um, we feel kind of cut the hoop. You know, there's everything we touch seems to be working well, and it's only when you know the the, the Titanic is dented, um, or we have to turn back away from something that's going to cause us real danger it's then we reach out and we began to say i could do with a bit of help here i'm not coping with this too well and as regards your own question about connection between people i think you're right there is um, a kind of a self-respect because uh, you you come across somebody who might have gone some of the journey that you've gone yourself and experienced some of the same stuff and bet uh, with her difficulties after giving birth in a different way Um, And I don't know Joe's the first time I've met him as well. But like we're all, we all carrying something within. And sometimes the way somebody uh, reaches out and tells his story or you just get an instant connection. I always say about the, the days when we used to go to weddings and you're at one of these round tables and there's 10 or 12 people. There's always one or two people there that you'd like to say, God, I'd love to have a chat with that person again away from the rest of them who are interesting, but that person sounds really interesting. So it's, it's hard to describe it, but it does exist. I agree.
1: Yeah. The question that I have for both of you listening to the conversation and, you know, why, why do we allow this to happen? You know, this people like us have had this conversation for decades and still We all go through this mill. You know, I'm sure my father went through it. I'm sure his father went through it. And I hopefully that my children won't go through it. And people have uttered those words as well. So the question is, why? Why do we why are we allowing this to happen? And I mean this about you talk about, you know, the doubt on one shoulder and, you know, the negative and all the negative. What what is the what is the cause and and how can we fix it? How can we fix it? Martin I'll, I'll I'll open that to you um and bet you can take a breather <laughs> a
0: nice easy question
3: <laughs> <clears throat> i think um Joe, um thanks for the difficult question uh, i don't think it's difficult really i think it's very matter of fact and it's very honest it's a very good question actually and um i think if we could uh, if we could come up With the answer that suited everybody and bottled it, we'd make a fortune. But unfortunately, we're all different. Our fortune. We're all different characters and we're all made up of different stuff. I know, and you know, people who went through only a third of what I went through, a lot of them are not here anymore because they chose another route. I decided to try, after being thrown off the horse, to actually try and ground myself, draw my breath, and figure out who the hell am I or what have I been doing all these years. Normally you don't do that. Or as Beth said, there has to be some sort of a, a fright that you get that actually spurs you into action. But I, I think everybody is on different journeys and there's different learnings along the way for everyone. But definitely, I think as we get a little bit older and more experienced, uh, you do learn from those things and you learn from the good things as well, how to appreciate them a lot more and the good things specifically in your life, be there your, your, your children or your, your wife or husband or whatever the case may be. And I think with that experience comes a more level-headed person. And nowadays, I think people are looking more at their work-life balance. I don't want to be using that phrase, but it is topical at the moment. And they're trying to improve and not to be totally dedicated towards one area of their life. And I think with that improvement uh, in self-education, for people, that an improvement will come as well in our lifespans and how we live our lives. Beth, you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I have a, I have an easy answer for your why question there, Joe. So why does all of this happen? I'll tell you why. Because our brain is wired for negativity and our brain is wired to keep us safe. And to keep us safe, we have to run from the bear so we have our fight, flight, and freeze reflexes. So if we take it at that as the foundation of it all, that's why. The, the big question is, okay, well, if that's why, if we're trying to keep, I mean, our biases are a perfect example. Our biases are learned, but those biases are trying to keep us safe and to make us effective, right? So we all of a sudden make a quick judgment based on our biases. But actually, if we use those to our benefit and say, hang on, Mr. Bias, why are you doing that? You're helping me to make a decision quicker, so it's even though it's all the foundation of psychology even was, was you know what's wrong with people is all very negative and now you know with the advent of thank goodness Martin Seligman and, and positive psychology what's right with people why do people thrive what's going what's going right with people who are doing you know amazing things in the world and that to me is really where the excitement comes in and I think that's why we can stop this cycle and and use the growth mindset I mean my kids are, we're learning that in school and, and and learn how to question and, and identify their emotions, you know, label them. And to basically take that and um, and, and flourish in life and thrive. Yeah. Lecture done.
1: I, I, I think it's belief systems. You know, and it's that. what we see, hear and do that matters. And it, it is, we've, myself and Simon have spoke about this multiple times before with many guests, that it starts off at our education system. It really is that you know we instead of you know fearful of talking to your children about something because you might feel that it's a bit odd, you know. But wh- what what we what we bring into our homes is very important, and that's what we watch on TV. You know what we what we allow to be played on the radio, and what we and what we talk about, and all those things have a sub- subconscious effect on our kids. Um, like example for myself, from an early age, I told one of my my daughters, you know, she's a happy, healthy, wealthy little girl, and I drummed that into her from a very early age. And she's positive, outgoing. Um, you know, life is wonderful. You know, you could bring that into a child and say you're stupid, you're thick, and you're foolish. And what do they do? So I, I agree with with you, and I think it we really need to sort of in our schools possibly is it meditation positive talking whatever it may be to get through it so i mean would you agree with that as well or yeah no i agree and i
0: was just thinking there i was going to ask a question of both of you if if you could both go back and whisper say two or three words of wisdom into a younger version of your ears um what two or three words of self- mentoring would you give yourselves to set yourselves up to navigate the, the pros and cons of life maybe i'll start with you martin but Two or three words of wisdom would you whisper to a younger version of you, given what you've seen in life?
3: <laughs> uh, well, I know if I was to meet myself twenty-five years ago, um, I would have been. It would have been hard to meet me first and foremost because I was so busy. Um, I would have said um, to take stock, uh, value your health. And your well-being, and value those closest to you more, because it's not all about the career and it's not all about the business. But I was consumed by a monster. Yeah. I didn't see it at the time, and I see a lot of people are the same way. But that—that's what I would say to myself anyway.
0: Perfect, and I agree with that, I'm Beth.
2: Yeah, I—I I, I agree somewhat with with. Well, I agree fully, actually, Martin, because I—I I wouldn't want. I, was, I wouldn't have listened if I went back to myself right now at all, but that doesn't matter. So instead of giving myself advice back when I was in my 20s, I think what I would do instead is ask sort of three different questions. And the question would be, is what asking yourself what's happening right now? And, you know, your brain's wired to answer questions. So what's happening right now? Oh, isn't that curious that dot, dot, dot answering that. And what are you feeling right now? Because those three things, if I had just asked, learned how to have a questioning mindset, if you will, to ask myself when I was down, when I was upset, when I was um, just really frustrated, or when I was really, really angry, just to stop and ask myself those questions and allow myself to answer them, you know, you come back into your, your into your values, into your core values. And, and that's what I try to instill with my kids. And I teach um, and lecture at 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 some secondary or tertiary universities, and that's the first thing I come up with. They say, "Guys, what questions are you asking yourself?" And I'm sure Martin, you probably do the same thing with your clients. What are the questions you're asking yourself? Because if you're not asking questions, then that's that's probably some of the problems part of the problem.
1: What would yours be, Simon?
0: Similar to Martin, I think it would be definitely take stock. It would be to slow down. It would be to um, mind myself. And I, I think you, somebody you know, Scott, uh, Joe, a guy called Scott Ballard, an amazing, wonderful guy in the States, said to me a couple of weeks ago, he said, uh, leave your desk and go into the other room and tell your younger daughter, say, I love you, Alice. And initially, I cringed. I thought, I can't do that. It's the middle of the day. But he made me do it, you know. And and I back to what Martin was say, I think it's it's say that more to the people I love because I don't say it enough. Mm-hmm.
2: That's
1: nice. Rolling on from that, Simon, there's one thing that it's it's great practice actually. And I've done it as well to my own kids. I've sat them down and they said, Anytime I you know I raise my voice or you know I, I get a little bit cross, it's not you, it's me, and it is never you. It will always be me. And saying that to them and reassuring that on them as well, that's it's it's a massive reinforcement for them as well. <laughs> the um yeah, no. What would mine be? If if I met me, myself in my early 20s, um, it would be you're on the right road Enjoy the journey. journey. Yeah, uh,
3: I'd you know. just like to add there as well, guys, there's, uh, you've probably heard it before, I'm sure Beth and Simon have come across it. I don't know about yourself, Joe, but one of the processes I do, uh, there's a course we put together at Mind Over Mountains. I call it Navigating Your Pathway. But one of the first things I do is I get people, uh, if you like, who oh, up, everything is virtual these days. Get them to open a virtual helicopter and actually look down at their lives. And you would be amazed. The first reaction from most of them is a curse word because they see that they're putting so much of their energy in their time into one or two parts of their life. And then you ask them, well, it's nearly self-explanatory. What about the rest of your life? What about that? And they'll say, oh, my God, I'm putting so much time into this, this, and this. And sometimes that can nearly be enough to light a spark in people that they'll say, God, I really need to to change this to gain a better balance than what I have. So that's definitely one of the things I would have said to myself 20 years ago. Man, you're so involved in one part of your life. What about the rest of it? And that simple exercise can have, have a lasting effect on people.
0: Yeah, and Martin, you and you get people to write a letter to themselves as part of the process, don't you? I, I love that when you mention that.
3: I, I do, actually. Uh, it's a, it's a five-week program we do online, and, and uh, I follow up with calls and that just to see how people are getting on. And there's a couple of little exercises that they do during the, the process. But at the end of it, then one of the things I get them to do is write a letter to themselves. They send it to me, and I send it back after six months. What changes that they have liked to have seen? and what clothes that have for that. And it's amazing. Like some of them are, are, are calling me back now that I've got their six month letters. And it's amazing to see they're happy with certain things and they can see areas that they still have work to do on. Yeah.
1: It's it's a funny old world, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's, it's a funny old world. And what what we need um, and what we want, you know, yeah. can be two different things. And I think if, if everybody just steps back and looks at their life, and look at, the, you know, the gratitude for what they actually have, you know, mm-hmm. that, that in itself can, can move mountains, can move mountains. Yeah, that's
3: a very powerful word, uh, George. Uh, gratitude. Is. Gratitude. It is, yeah. yeah. And uh, it,
1: it's with gratitude, for years I was using it, but I didn't feel it. And there's a difference mm-hmm. between saying something yeah. and then feeling the energy of it. And that's that's Mm -hmm. the difference, you know. It's it's the the power of of our vibration, and
0: it's 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 amazing as well. I mean, I'm grateful that I'm spending this time talking to three of you because you 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 know you know what it's like to think things through and to experience things. And and it makes that little thing that I dealt with earlier today seem even smaller. You know, it just puts things in perspective when you talk to like-minded people. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm great. Very grateful.
2: I use, yeah. I tend to use the word thankful. If grateful doesn't work for everybody yeah. and for me, thankful works. It, it, it yeah. is that simple, that simple concept of saying, gosh, I'm really thankful that I have a roof over my head, or I'm really yeah. thankful that I've got sugar in my coffee today.
1: Damn.
3: Where's the milk? <laughs> 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 and gratitude. Yeah, and that's a very important point you made Joe about like I had a client on earlier t- this morning and very busy man but like he was paying lip service to other parts of his life you know you hit the nail on the head you, you, the word gratitude was fine for you but you weren't feeling it yeah but you, now, need to, you, know, you need to and this it. man was the same he was paying lip service to his exercise lip service to his partner to his two children but he was so much caught up in his work with his own like when i could see it i didn't need to go up the helicopter <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. Well, scott
0: ballard says that joe he says when you focus just on your work and you're addicted to it stop and think say to yourself what else do i love as much as this a bit like what you said martin and yeah. that's very powerful what else do i love as
1: much as this find myself in the garden growing my broccoli that's <laughs> that's it, it and i yeah. think COVID and i think lockdown has helped us look at All systems and we can see that systems that we have in place around the world are collapsing and they need to but i think that inside our own family units we are experiencing stuff that we never really appreciated before and i think that's you know if we for me if i get anything positive or good out of lockdown it's that it's re that real true connection with my family unit again and and that's it guys we've we're going to take a quick break we have someone else coming back on now on the second half um so beth where can people find you if they want to reach out and say hello
2: they can find me at www.themindinstitute.ie
1: perfect and Martin, or
2: oh, I'm on LinkedIn as
1: well. I'm on all and, those social the, channels. all all, them, all those social media <laughs> pieces.
3: And Martin yourself? Yeah, well, I'm known in the west of Ireland as Martin Og. My father was Martin as well. There was about five Martin McDonalds in the village, so I'm Martin Ogle But I can be found mind over mountains, and I have a, um, I have a fairly big. They tell me social media following on Instagram and LinkedIn and, and Facebook. And one last message I'd like to give Joe before we sign off is. I was in the matter hospital about 14, 15 months ago after heart surgery. And I turned around to the nurse in the recovery room and I was, I was smiling to myself and she said, are you okay, Mr. McDonough? I said, I am a nurse. I said, if I was lying here, I said, 14 or 15 years ago, haven't had this procedure done. I said, I had a couple of million in the bank. Uh, would I feel any better? I said, than I do today because I have nothing in the bank. And she looked at me and she smiled. She said, I think you can answer that yourself. So yeah. That'd be my message for everyone. No, yeah, mind yourself. Yeah. Mind yourselves, indeed. Yeah. Mind
1: okay, guys, thanks for coming on. And next we have Dublin Coding School. Uh, we're going to talk about them in their showcase spot.
0: Sponsored by the Dunleary Rathdown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM.
1: And welcome back, folks. Yes, that we we had two very interesting guests there in the first half. It's a uh, Get you to think about a lot of stuff, and hopefully it'll cheer up your weekend as well. And our next guest, we have Luke Tracy. Luke is the general manager of Dublin Coding School, a new business which is set up in Dublin. Hi,
4: doing it, uh, Joe and Simon. Thank you very much for having me on. Tell me,
1: Dublin Coding School, what is it?
4: Yeah, well, it's um, we're a, a tech tech education provider uh, for adults. Um, so we're not, you know, it's not uh, for children or it's not aimed at uh, maybe people who are at uh, student level, but it's for adults who are looking to change their career um, in areas such as data analytics, web development, which is building websites, software testing, <coughs> UX design, UI design, um, or even cybersecurity. So it's it's for um, people who maybe see which way the wind is blowing and are looking at the jobs market and think you know, or maybe they've run into trouble due to COVID and they've seen that there are jobs in, in tech uh, being announced every week or month in Ireland and they want to, to get into that, that side of things. So we provide courses um, led by pro- industry professionals. So our lecturers are from places like TikTok, Bank of Ireland, Wayfair, Rent the Runway, which is a huge American firm. Um, and it's very much vocational training. So it's learn how to do a skill from the person who's actually doing it right now. So it's almost like we're training the modern day carpenters or or stonemasons of this world in technical skills um, for the new jobs market. Um, And they are. We also have a career center where we help people, our graduates, with their CVs, uh, with their online presence and with their interview techniques. And we send their CVs out to partner companies. So there's a whole aftercare service going on trying to get people into employment. Innovation. Yeah, so Luke, it sounds like it,
0: you, you're taking more of a practical approach to some of the other training organizations. Would you, would you say that that's what makes you different to some of the other providers out there? How would you describe your, your, your main points of difference?
4: Yeah, that's that's a good point and, and very observant. We, we are probably on the, on the more technical end of things. So if you take our data analytics course, for instance, if you look around at some of the other organizations or, or even or even universities who provide short courses in data analytics, a lot of it is how to analyze data from a manager's point of view or an overview of the topic, whereas our students, what they're getting is three, nine hours a week live with a lecturer from Bank of Ireland, from TikTok. Uh, one of them is ex-Facebook, and they're actually using the tools like SQL or Tableau or, or Python. Now, I didn't know a lot of these acronyms or, or, or systems before either, but um, really they're, they're extracting data from a database, turning it into visualizations or manipulating it with code so they have those experts teaching them the practical aspects and the technical aspects of data analytics. So that's really where we're different. We're very much on the geeky technical end of things. And we're training people to be technicians within companies. And um, we, we do train people to an entry level. So it's you, you, we're, we're looking for complete beginners who want to learn a new skill. They don't need to have any prior knowledge. And we get them ready to go in and to start really at the bottom. Uh, Or or it might be someone looking to upskill. So it might be someone who's working in marketing and wants to learn data analytics. So the profile is really interesting, actually. We have, of course, two classes running right now. And on data analytics, we have a manager from the super dry stores. We have another hotel manager. We have a qualified nurse. We have a a dentist as well, who's a qualified dentist, who wants to get into data analytics. Uh, we have people working in construction. We even have a beautician who wants to be a web developer. So it's a real mixed bag of people we're looking to change their careers
1: yeah i think it's it, it's finding that interesting and as well you know, Simon, maybe Luke could run a course on hacking and, you know, we, we could turn it into a multi-million pound business and we could get involved in the government as well.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was just wondering the, all the scams we could get into together.
1: <laughs> yeah, look at that. Just, you know, just give me your code there and we'll, we'll release all those documents on it. What, mm-hmm. what are the challenges that you've actually found over the last year as well, Luke, with, with the business?
4: Well well challenges i mean one of them i suppose with we are we are start we are new in ireland by the way but we do have three schools across europe so we are the largest uh, group of coding schools in lithuania and Latvia for the last 5 years so we've tested the model there of training people and getting them into careers and have 4000 graduates and we have a, a, a percentage of 80% with people who stick with our career centre going into employment so part of the challenge really was <clears throat> Getting it completely online here because we didn't want to open a facility with COVID. So we've we've got a CRM system now with this where, with a student hub, which is all in one where students can go in. All of their past recordings are there. They access the college uh, hub. Uh, we would be looking to facility next year, but at the moment it's all online. And um, so that was really part of it. And then the other part of it as well is um. Uh, well, I, I'd say that was really it. I, we haven't found that many. Uh, challenges apart from that, say. And where where are and you picking
1: would, up your you sorry, say, sorry, go on
0: Simon. I was just going to say, what would you say? Would you, you what, do you see any challenges going forward, um or Luke, or, or 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 conversely, what are some opportunities for your business?
4: Yeah, well, I suppose that's that's an interesting question too. So some of the challenges can be um localizing the courses and technology is changing all the time. So we're continually running the jobs market. We won't put on a course unless we see jobs being advertised in the area. So if if a job becomes redundant in industry, we would discontinue a course. But also if we see that companies are using one technology over another, we might want to add that in. So an interesting thing actually came up where now We do a course on automation testing. And and really what that is, is testing software for bugs, trying to find out where the faults are before it goes to market. Um, And uh, we found that maybe in Eastern Europe, people were using certain systems more than they are here. So we've had to, you know, go back to the lecturers and our advisors and reshape the agenda to localize it for this market. So that's one thing is keeping up to date with what companies are using, because ultimately we failed if one of our students goes for a job interview in an area. That we've trained them in and they're asked to use systems that we haven't made them aware of you know we really want to be on top of that uh, and have people equipped in interviews and ready for the working world
1: where are you picking up your clients are they are you doing advertising online or is it through you know enterprise ireland or
4: yeah no, that's a good question too we we haven't linked up with enterprise ireland where And we're we're basically, we we advertise online, like most businesses, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, LinkedIn, all those channels where we're posting, we've got a great marketing team. Uh, we've even had a a new person in marketing just start. And um, we're putting out, you know, lots of content. But we we also do quite a few events. So once a week, we'll have a panel discussion. We have a bank now of 10 lecturers who are experts in the field who give talks on the topics. And we're having an event next week where we've, partnered up with Talent Hub, the tech recruiter, to talk about how people can change their careers and, and uh, spice up their CVs. Uh, we had a, a talk this week with a cybersecurity expert just talking about that because we're looking to put a course together on it. So we, we do those events um, and promote those quite hard. And uh, and we get the word out. We speak at events and, and try and get the word out that if, if you're looking to change your career, t- to contact us. Um, so that that's how we're doing it, really. And um, also quite a few phone calls and... Uh, the career centre also does has, has a whole guidance counselor piece, so anybody can contact us if they want to have a free career consultation. We're happy to have the call and and talk about what they're trying to achieve, what their background is, and maybe try and match it to a career path in tech.
1: I'm, I'm always learning and all, always very curious, and you know, coding is is something which is, interests me. Like, but like even other stuff, I'm reading a book now on solar panels and how to create solar panels. So I'm educating myself on that and doing sort of preparing little models over the last couple of years, as over the last year as well for yourselves. I think a lot of people have looked at themselves and looked at their careers and kind of says, you know, I'd like to check something else out. I'd like to put in it. How many hours a week do people need to invest in your courses and how long do the courses run for? Just.
4: Yeah. So they're evening courses. So we realize people are, are probably working during the day and they're designed for people who can't take a year out or three years out to do a degree to try and find a job. You know, they might have a family. They just can't, they don't have that time. So so they're, very, they're, they're eight weeks long, generally. They can be between six to eight weeks <clears throat> um, and it's three evenings per week from half six till half nine. So then it would be nine hours a week. For all of our courses, you get what's called a second chance. So we realize it can be a lot of information coming in. So you can actually sit the course twice within a calendar year. And the second time you sit it, it's absolutely free. It's included in the first package. Now, not everyone does that, but some might because they want to go back and refresh their knowledge. And so that's part of of what we do. And it's all live, nothing's pre-recorded. It's all live with the lecturer, and it's 50% practical where they're going through the slides with you. They might share their screen, show you the code, and then it's 50% you then doing the practical work. And that lecturer is. Overseeing it, checking in with you, making sure you're doing it correctly. As I said, they're all from all top pros from top companies who are, who are doing this. Brilliant,
1: Luke. Listen, um, cool. tell us this: if someone wants to reach out and and have a look at your courses, where can they find you?
4: Yeah, well, we've got the website, which is at DublinCoding.ie, or you can email at um, you can email me. It's Luke L U K E at DublinCoding.ie. Or just generally, we have the info at DublinCoding.ie. Uh, so that's the website. Or if you want to check out any of our past videos and events and see some test lessons and see what it's all about, you can go on to YouTube and just look for Dublin Coding School. And we've kept um, recordings of our events there and different information stuff. And, and we're also very active on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. So if you just put in Dublin Coding School, you'll, you'll surely find us and you can contact us through any of those channels too.
1: Brilliant. Luke Tracy, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for coming on Business Eye.